0: Hello, hello, hello! Welcome, welcome, welcome! I'm so glad everybody came out this evening. I'm so glad that the ones that are here and the ones that are on um, their way. We got a lot of information uh, to cover uh, tonight. So uh, you know, y'all gonna have to write a lot of stuff down because I'm not gonna be able to, you know, like keep going over and over and over the same thing. Now you know from uh, every time we do Bible study, I usually go over uh, last week, and then we go right into this week, okay? And that's the same thing um, that we're going to do this week, same thing with next week. Now, depending on depending on how far we get um, this week, we'll determine if we go two more Mondays or one more Monday because It's just so much material involving uh, the birth of Jesus, and I want to get with Ramonda to see what she says. But it's just so much material. I don't want you guys to miss it, and I I don't want you to feel like, oh, you know what, there's something missing. Like we didn't get it all. There's something missing. So hopefully we can get it all in tonight and next week, but if not, you know, I'm willing to do because we did miss a Monday, you know, because our facilitator was under the web. If that day up, we'll make it up. If not, if I can get it all in, we'll get it all in. All right? So now um, I hope you guys have your c- computers, your, your notebooks, your pencils, your paper lined up tonight because I'm giving scriptures. All right? Dear Heavenly Father, we are grateful to be here tonight, God. Thank you so much for allowing us to be able to study your word. As we study your word, please give us wisdom, clarity, knowledge, understanding, God. Thank you for the food that we are about to receive. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I'm so excited, you guys. So this week we're going over, we're going to finish up the temple. We're going right into scripture. Okay, so last week I talked about temple worship, okay? Remember, this whole thing started when King David was sitting around looking at all he had. And and what was so funny is I was watching, I don't know if anybody watches Joseph Prince. I love him. The little, um, I don't know if he's Vietnamese, Chinese, uh, Philippine. I don't know what he is. I forget. Anyway. I love to hear him talk sometimes because he's pumped so fast and he's like me. He gets so excited about God's word. Sometimes he gets tongue twisted. But the same thing that we were talking about last week about King David wanting to build the Lord a house, that's what he preached on all um, last week. Uh, it was funny because we went over it on Monday night, and I think he taught it on Tuesday or Wednesday of last week. And it was a very good, he did a very thorough study on it, just like I did. He, he hit a lot of the points that I hit about, you know, David wanted to build the Lord a house. He's sitting around, he's looking at all the things that he has, King David. and 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 the first thing he thought was, well, you know what, I got this nice place, and the Lord is in a tent. But remember, the Lord wanted to go where his people went. And at that time, his people didn't have a really settled spot, okay? This was when the the temple first came about, the, the tent, the Lord was being taken from place to place. Remember, the children of Israel were wandering around in the wilderness for 40 years. So the Lord really didn't have a stable place. It had to be mobile, okay? He was was dwelling in a tent, but the tent was so in-depth. It was a certain way the tent had to be set up. The door had to be facing uh, one way. Uh, There was only one way in. Remember, we talked about that last week. Um, The linen had to be made out of specific things. The incense had to be specific incense. You could not burn just any old kind of incense. Y'all know how we go to the dollar store, and we buy these goods, and I don't know about y'all. Okay, I'm a child of the 70s, and my mom used to light incense around the house. Some incense smelled really good. My favorites were the cherry and the, I think it was the the raspberry or something fruity. But she would burn this coconut smell. I did not like coconut. I do not like coconut to this day. And it's something about the smell of coconut that I just don't like. It, It turns my nose off. So what happened was, Two of, we're going to get to this in a minute, but I'm going to go into it a little bit more in depth. Incense was burnt wrong in the temple, and the Lord had to take them out, all right? So you just can't do anything uh, in God's house any kind of way. Even back in the biblical times, there was an order to how you acted in God's house. You just didn't come up in there any old kind of way and act any old kind of way and do any old kind of thing. The priest back then had specific duties, okay? And that's what we're going to get to tonight, okay, um, with Zachariah, Uh The priests are set up, okay, let me just go over that, divided into 24 courses, all right? And you can find that in 1 Chronicles, chapter 24. First Chronicles chapter 24, okay? So now the priests are set up, uh, were divided into 24 courses. King David divided up the priests into 24 courses so that each uh course would have their time working in the temple, okay? So let's go into Scripture real quick, and then we're going to get into a lot, a lot of good, juicy notes, all right? Everybody turn. So we we finished last week. We finished the temple uh, tonight. I'm going to go a little bit further um, with the temple stuff, but when we get to that, I'm ju- I'm going to have to jump back. Okay, so we're going to go to Luke chapter one, the one, and we're going to start at verse five. Okay, Luke chapter one. Verse 5. Okay. And I'm reading, tonight I'm reading out of the NLT, the New um, Living Translation, because I like it reads better. Okay? So if I have to go back and forth between that and the King James tonight, I, I'll let you know in advance. Okay? But right now I'm reading out of the NLT. All right? So Luke chapter 1, verse 5, when Herod the king of, of Judea, uh, when Herod was king of Judea, There was a Jewish priest named Zechariah. He was a member of the priestly order of Abia. And his wife, Elizabeth, was also from the priestly line of Aaron. Zechariah and Elizabeth were um, righteous in God's eyes, careful to obey all of the Lord's commandments and regulations. They had no children because Elizabeth was unable to uh, conceive. They were very old. One day, Zechariah was serving God in the temple for his order was on duty that week. So remember, I just said there were 24 courses, orders, or, or courses, okay? They were divided up into 24 courses or orders, okay? So his order, that means his turn is come up, okay? All right, so for his order was on duty that week. As was the custom of the priest, he was chosen by lot, meaning they, they threw, I call it, I always say they shoot dice, but y'all know that's not what I mean. Um, he was chosen by lot to enter and burn incense. Remember, we talked about the incense last night. That's why, uh, last week, that's why I wanted to go over this before, so that way when we get into scripture this week, y'all go, oh, yeah, she did say that the priest burnt uh, incense in the temple twice a day. She sure did. Okay, so just so you remember that. So it says here, while the incense was being burnt, uh, burned, verse 10, a great crowd stood outside praying. While Zachariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing to the right of the altar. Zachariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him, okay? So now we're going to put a fork in there because there's a whole lot of material just right there, okay? So let's do a little real quick background. Now, Luke wrote this book, okay? Luke was a physician. Everybody know that. But what some people don't know is Luke traveled with Paul. Luke was not a disciple, okay? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they are called the Gospels, but only Matthew, uh, Mark, and John were actually there. Luke was not there. He was Gentile, all right? So um, he was not a disciple, so he's not writing it from, like, he eyewitnessed, him eyewitnessing it. He's writing it from basically what he did. He interviewed what people said. He researched, and he wrote, and he listened to people that ministered the word of God, all right? He wrote detailed accounts, and, again, he was the only Gentile. You can find that in Colossians chapter 4, verse 11 through 14. So he was the only Gentile writer of the four Gospels, okay? He also wrote the book of Acts, which is when the Apostle Paul entered the scene. So I like the way he did it. He did a very, Luke did a very thorough um, synopsis on the birth of Jesus. Then he wrote the book of Acts and introduced us to Paul. So Paul, I always say that was Paul homeboy, okay? So that was Paul's homie they rode around together, all right? Now, basically... Luke wrote his account so that people would have a very detailed account that can be trusted. Okay. The thing is, me being a nurse, I understand about very detailed because um, I deal with people all day. And when people say, my leg hurts, the nurse in me goes, what leg? Top or bottom of the leg? Front or back of the leg? How long has it been hurting? Have you spoke to your doctor about it? Have you taken anything? See how I'm just keep going on and on and on and on and on, okay? That's what a doctor does too, a good one, okay? They don't just go, you know, they don't just stop at my leg hurts. Because usually there's an underlying condition of why the leg hurts, but if you don't keep asking question after question after question, then you're not going to get why the leg hurts. All you're going to get is, My leg hurts. Well, how long? I don't know, maybe a month above the knee or below the knee. Well, it's right up over this knee in the thigh, okay, inside the thigh, outside. See, the more information you give me, the more I'm going to ask questions, okay? That's just how the medical field is. So Dr. Luke is the same way. That's why you're going to see a lot of details in the scripture that he writes because, um, number one, he's being led by the Holy Spirit. Yes, and the Holy Spirit did deal with Dr. Luke, even though he was a Gentile, but not because he's writing God's word, okay? Number two, there's a lot of things going on in and around what's going on in, in the scripture, okay? So it's not just... Uh, uh, like, you have to have back, background information, okay? So, basically, he wrote the, a detailed account so that it could be trusted, and most important, he had the guidance of the Holy Spirit, remember. All right, now, <clears throat> excuse me, now, here's the thing. Malachi is the last book of the Old Testament. <clears throat> excuse me, and Matthew in the new testament so in that time there's a dozen just jump from malachi to matthew okay there was a 400 year silence or more in that time <coughs> <coughs> so in that time you've got all these people Waiting on the Messiah Okay, the Jews They're all going around Going, you know what We heard there was a Messiah coming Malachi said it All oh, the prophet preachers Said it But In between Malachi And Matthew There was a 400 Year or more Silence Okay, so even the priests by this time have gotten weak in their faith, so to speak. By now the priests have become corrupt. Okay? Because there has been no prophet to come through. There's been nobody said anything else about the Messiah. The priests only have the scrolls, the 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 Torah, the uh uh, uh, the scrolls to read to the people and it's repetition is over and over and over. If you go to Malachi chapter four, uh, verse five and six, it talks about, I'm not going to read it because remember we're, we're pressed for time. Uh, God promised the coming of Elijah. He met with the spirit and power of Elijah, not Elijah. So, you know how we are as people. We take things literal. So everybody's waiting on Elijah to come back. He ain't coming back, y'all. It ain't it ain't working like that. Mm-mm. So Jesus is the only one that rose from the dead that still lives. I ain't talking Lazarus rose, but he ain't still living. So the thing is, um, Malachi it, it, uh, had told them, "You listen. They are coming." But, the, the Messiah is coming, but God is going to send somebody to prepare the, so now you've got this 400-year silence, and uh, uh, the priests are now corrupt, which we're going to see that later uh, when we start studying uh, Jesus in the temple. That's why he had to clear out the temple and tear it all up because they was in there clowning. In the temple, in God's house, they were showing out, okay? So, basically, the priests were corrupt. Um, it was a money exchange. They was laundering money. The priests were pocketing the money. And uh, also, Rome was filling its pockets. So, there's a lot of stuff going on right now. But then you have Zacharias, And look what the scripture says, which is a lot to say about a man in that day, it says that uh, that him and his wife, they came from the priestly line of Aaron. That's the first thing, okay? Uh, Aaron is, of course, Moses' brother, okay? So Moses' brother, whose name was Aaron, is of the priestly line, but he's also in the high priest. Remember, I told you guys, only the high priest can enter into certain parts of the temple, okay? Now, just a little quick history. Okay, remember Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jacob had a name change to Israel. Israel had 12 sons, okay? But he had four wives, all right? Now, and that was legal, the first wife was Leah. Okay, Leah had a whole bunch of children. Let's just say it like that. One of the sons, though, that she had was named Levi, okay? Now, in Scripture, okay, when God was handing out inheritances, okay, Levi did not get an inheritance because God ordained them for priestly service. Okay? So God ordained them the 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 Levites the tribe the tribe of uh, Levi. He set them apart for priestly service, okay? All right? So the thing is though, only Aaron's line, okay, are considered or are ordained as the high priest. Y'all know when you get a whole group of people together, folks usually can't get along, and they they get a little bit mad when you give somebody a title or you put somebody over somebody. All right, so basically a short rundown of how it went down. <clears throat> Excuse me, the people, that, the children of Israel was a little salty that uh uh you know Aaron and Moses was in charge of everything, the children of Israel, things like that. So the Lord had to appoint. What he did was he appointed who was going to be in the high priest line. Okay? Now, anyway, the tribe of Levi, Leah's son by uh, Jacob slash Israel, and you can find the, the, the children line in Genesis chapter 29. We just haven't got to it yet, but once we get to it, we're going to study that in depth. I just love that story. It's Genesis chapter 29. Verses thirty-two through thirty-five in Genesis thirty. Okay, so Jacob had four wives, or Israel. Remember, Jacob had a name change to Israel. That's where Israel came from. It's actually it's an actual person. Okay, so Israel had four wives. Basically, he married sisters, and he married the sisters' handmaidens, Okay, now, so Leah the first wife, because, you know, he really wanted Rachel first, but he got tricked into marrying Leah first. It's a long story. And then, you know, he had to work again for uh, Rachel. Then he finally got Rachel, which was the love of his life, blah, blah. All right? So Levi had three of them are Gershom, Kohath, and Mariah. But we're not – I don't want you to dwell on that. I just want you to see how – the priestly duties are going down, okay? So now, out of those three sons, four more sons were born from Kohath. That's the middle son, okay? Now, the priestly duties, not the high priest duties, are in that line there, the Levites, the sons, and those, okay? But only out of uh, Kohath's son and came Miriam, Moses, and Aaron. So three children came out of that. Everybody remember uh, Moses, his brother Aaron, and their sister Miriam. Miriam was the one that watched the the buggy go down the Nile and, and made sure that, you know, Moses got picked up by the Pharaoh's daughter. That's who Miriam is, okay? She was the lookout. That's what I call it. Aaron's line, though, has now God ordained Aaron's line. Okay, to be the high priest. Okay, so that's what um, Aaron's line. Okay, Aaron's line is going to be the the high priest line. If you go to Exodus chapter twenty-eight, you'll find it in there. The different names of the sons, and he tells them like what clothes to wear, uh, you know. What clothes to wear. So it's Exodus chapter 28. Uh, Let's see. You can also find it. uh, Numbers chapter 18. And then um, Leviticus chapter 21. And I'm pretty sure it's Numbers chapter 3. Okay, now, if you go to Numbers chapter 18, it's talking about the Lord talking to Aaron. Okay, it's saying Numbers chapter 18, and the Lord said unto Aaron, Thou and thy sons and thy father's house with thee shall bear the iniquity of the sanctuary. He's talking about in the veil part. Remember where I talked about that last week? And thou and thou sons with thee shall bear the iniquity of your priesthood. And thy brethren, also the tribe of Levi, the tribe of thy father, bring thou unto thee, that they may join me and minister unto thee. So basically, the Levites assist the high priest. Okay, so the Levites, the priestly line, assist the high priest. But look what it says and minister under thee. Thou and thy sons with thee shall, shall minister before the tabernacle of witness. What that is is they can only go behind the veil one time a year. That's the day of atonement. Any other time, they can only go in front of the veil, change the showbread, light the incense two times a day. Remember we talked about that last week. I'm hoping now it's starting to come together a little bit. And it says here, look at verse 3 in Numbers chapter 18, <clears throat> Numbers chapter 18. And they shall keep thy charge in the charge of all the tabernacles. Only they shall not come nigh the vessels of the sanctuary and the altar, that neither they nor ye also die. All right? So he's giving them... Uh. Specific instructions: The Levites are to assist the high temple duties, but only the high priest can go back far back in the back of the of the of the temple. Okay, so that's why I wanted to let y'all see that from last week. Okay, so now. Basically, what the priest duties did, they worked at the temple managing its upkeep. They taught the people scriptures. Remember, back in them days, um, they didn't have Bibles. You couldn't study the word for yourself. <clears throat> Excuse me. Thank God for Jesus. You didn't get to do that. Um, what, the, what you learned from then was, was taught by somebody else. Now we can go in this thing and read, and if you saw my stuff, sticky notes, um, highlighters, all different colors, marks here and marks there. When I see a word that jars me, I go start researching it. Scripture, and they only read in synagogues. They did not have Bibles. They had scrolls. Remember I talked about that? They only had scrolls. Okay, they only had scrolls. They opened the scroll, they read it, and then somebody else translated or expounded. Okay, so that's what that's how they did it back in the olden days. So now Zacharias was chosen by casting lots. If you look in Scripture, casting lots was mentioned around 70 times in the Old Testament and seven times in the New Testament. I call it, you know, they threw rocks or whatever. They call them lots casting lots, okay, that's what that's what they called it, but that's what it kind of puts you in the mind of of people shooting dice, just put it, you know, that's not what they were doing, don't say, don't say Sister Deer said that, but I'm trying to give you a mindset of, trying to give you a visual of maybe what they were down there doing, okay? Now, the priest could enter the holy place, like the incense, okay? So what Zachariah did, when it was his turn, he went in, he liked the incense. Okay, now, the people, okay, so the priest would go in, you know, pray for themselves, pray for their families, uh, pray for the people, you know, pray for the Messiah, because remember, they are still waiting on the Messiah. They're still waiting. But all and behold, God is about to answer their prayers, okay? So, the, the... after the priest would pray and, and light the incense, the people would see the smoke coming from out the temple, and they would start praying. Once they got through praying and the smoke, you know, the priest got through praying, he would come outside and give uh, the customary uh, greeting, okay? Now, what is the customary greeting? Well, the customary greeting is numbers, numbers chapter 6, verse 23, 24, 25, and 26. You can write it down, but I'm going to read it to you. What it says is, speak unto Aaron and unto his sons, saying, On this wise you shall bless the children of Israel, saying unto them. Now, this is when they come out with their temple duty. okay? So he's telling them this is how they bless the people. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon me and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. Now I'm going to just tell you, I did not know that was scripture. I used to hear a minister say that at the end of church service. When I was a little girl, all the way, I'm from Haute, Indiana, and I used to go to this church called Highland uh, Missionary Baptist Church. And the the minister used to end the service with this prayer: The Lord bless thee and keep thee; the Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee; the Lord lift up his countenance and give thee peace. I did not know that was uh That was scripture, you guys. Shows you how much I read, but I didn't. I didn't realize it. So when I read that, it took me all the way back to my childhood, because. Those was my favorite words of the service. I'm going to just be honest. I'm going to keep it real because I knew when he said that church was about to be over and my grandmama could stop pinching me and I could go get some Dairy Queen. So I knew this scripture if I didn't listen to anything else in church. My favorite scriptures in the church was the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. Numbers chapter 6, verses 24, 25, and 26. Can y'all believe that? Who would have thought or thought that that was an actual piece of scripture? Okay? So we talked about how... Um, the high priest um, was picked. Now, at the time of King Herod, there were a total of 55 high priests, all right? Now, all of those high priests have been elected or installed, if you will, basically to their position, manner. Um, Pretty much Rome had the final say, uh, and Herod, we're going to get to him in a minute. Now, basically... Um, the way that a person became a high priest was that they would have to have came from the Levitical family, and they had to be of the descendants of Aaron, the descendants of Aaron, okay? So everybody would get together, um, the, and the priests would get together, and they would enter in basically cast lots. Whoever won the casting of the lots, just like they picked the um, – uh, who went in there to serve? They cast lots, pretty much. That way, they couldn't say, "Oh, it's rigged" or "It's favoritism." How come he gets to go in and I don't get to go in? So they they cast lots. All right. Now, once Herod became the king, though, he stopped the practice because he didn't want them casting lots anymore. Um, because then. Um, Anybody can become high priest, but it had to be descendants of Aaron, remember, for it to be right. All right, basically, Herod wanted to choose the one he wanted to be high priest so that he could gain control. All right, so basically, when Herod chose the high priest, he would tell them what to do, uh, you know, when to do it, how to do it. So technically, the high priest at this time, minus Zechariah, was working for Rome. Remember I said they was in Rome's pocket deep. They was taking the people's money. Uh, uh, Yeah, they they weren't doing right. All right, so now, Herod wanted the, the high priest to do two things for him. Keep the Jewish people quiet and make sure they wouldn't have an uprising because believe you me, guys, at that time, there was a lot of Jews. They just did not realize how much power that they had. They had a lot of power, but because they were under Rome, they felt like that they they still had slave mentality, so to speak. All right, and number two, so he wanted to make sure, you know, keep the Jews quiet and make sure they wouldn't revoke and then keep them paying taxes. So now let's talk a little bit about Herod. Uh, I remember when I was teaching this in Sunday school, I gave Herod the nickname, Uh, a.k.a. uh, messy, okay, a.k.a. messy, because Herod have a lot of uh, problems, okay. Let's just, we're going, that's a nice, that's a nice version, okay. So basically, Herod the Great, believe it or not, Herod the Great is in the uh, Encyclopedia Britannica, 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 you can find Herod the Great in history books because that's, he was a real, live person. So a lot of times when people say, you know, how do you know Jesus is real? Because, listen, people like Dr. Luke, the physician in the, that wrote the book, when they start giving you names and stuff that can be researched and traced, okay, you can see that this guy really did exist. And this thing is really going on. Okay? If I if you believe the Bible is true and I do believe that the Bible is true, you can pretty much fact check everything in it and, and, and find it. Okay? So, basically Herod the Great, his father name was Antipater. A N T I P A T E R. Okay? He was an Man or an Edomite. Do y'all remember what an Edomite is? Okay, and Edomite is the descendant of Esau. Remember, Abraham, Isaac, and Isaac had Isaac's wife had twin boys, Esau and Jacob. Okay? Esau and Jacob. Remember, Esau sold his birthright to Jacob. Jacob wrestled with an angel all night, and God changed his name from Jacob to Israel. Okay? So... You can pretty much know that Esau uh, descendants and Jacob's descendants probably didn't get along too well. Two brothers, you know, were having some issues, okay? So probably their descendants didn't get all, get along on that great. But if you look here, Herod the Great was a descendant of Esau, which is uh, just a, not a Jew but kind of a Jew. He was raised as a Jew. Let me give you the scoop. Basically, the father, um, Antipater, decided he wanted to switch over to uh, uh, Judaism. So when he switched over, his whole family switched over. Not Jew by birth, but following Jewish customs, okay? Not Jew by birth, though, okay? So basically, um, his family converted. So he was halfway, Herod was, he was halfway living as a Jew. But the Jews did not care for him because he was in Rome's pocket. Remember what I said? He had the high priest in his pocket, not Zechariah, but the high priest was in his pocket. So to keep the Jews quiet and to make sure that, you know, they wouldn't revolt and, and go up against them and to keep them paying their taxes because Harold Herod Harris was about the money. Okay? Herod would would impose high taxes on the people for his building projects. Okay? Herod liked to build things. Okay? Herod had a little problem um called building. He, instead of building the temple, rebuilding the temple of Jerusalem the way it was originally that uh, King Solomon built, David's son, he added more gates. He added, it was a grand spectacle, okay? So it was this massive building. It had like eight gates. Now, you know that is not what God intended when he built the first Kent. Remember, it was only one way in, one way to him. That was the whole point of it. It had like eight days. It had a court for the Gentiles. Um, it had a court for the women because remember, the women was separate from men. Everybody didn't go to church together. It wasn't like that, okay? It was, it was, it was temple. So it was something totally separate. The Gentiles were in one spot, and there was a sign up on this temple that said, if you come past here, you will be killed. So it was that serious. If you wasn't a Jew, you, couldn't only, you can only go in the court of the Gentiles. That's the name of it. It was called the court of the Gentiles in this massive temple that King Herod built, okay, Herod the Great. All right? He was a friend of Rome, but there were some interesting things about Herod. Herod got some mental problems, Okay? Harold suffered from mental illness and paranoid delusions, okay? He always thought that somebody was out to get him, that somebody was uh, 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 out to kill him, that somebody was talking about him, that somebody was trying to go behind his back and do stuff to him. I mean, isn't it sad uh, to live your whole life worrying about somebody coming after you or worrying about what people thought of you uh, uh He was always living uh, his life to get he married somebody uh, uh, just to basically he was married to somebody else and he kicked his wife and child out of the house just to marry um, somebody as an alliance to build a stronger alliance. Okay, he was over like something like 120, um, it was a lot of providences back then. Okay, so it was up there. Um, Basically, he was cruel and brutal and had his brother-in-law and several of his wives and sons executed. All right, he had nine, some say ten wives. Okay, now this was all at once, not nine times married. No, all at once, all together, everybody living peaceful. All right? So, basically, I told you he got rid of one of his wives and one of his sons to marry another person for advancement, okay? He forced heavy taxes to fund his building projects, and he built um, races and chairs, you know, not cars, Um an amphitheater in Jerusalem, which the Jews didn't like, Uh, and again, he rebuilt uh, the temple. But again, the Jews um, did not like that, but in all that being said, that opened up the door so that the Jews could resume temple worship, but remember, the priests were corrupt, um, they were using it as a money laundering place. Uh, the priests were pocketing uh, some of the monies. Remember, in Malachi, they were talking about bring all the tithe into the storehouse because it was to take care of the priest, okay? It was to take care of the priest, and it was grain and, and uh, uh, cattle and all kind of stuff, but it was supposed to be because the Levites, when God was handing out, remember I told you all the way back in... um. Uh, When the scripture was talking about the 12 tribes, the Levites did not inherit any land or property, anything like that, okay? Um, Their inheritance was they were in service to God uh, for all of their descendants, okay? So they didn't get um, the, you know, the um, inheritance, okay? They didn't get that, all right? So their service is strictly for the Lord, which everybody cannot do. See, that's the thing. They were handpicked by God himself for his service and his service only. So God, in or in, uh, in in exchange, had the people to take care of them because they were in service to the Lord. So they didn't have no land, no uh, crops, no uh, cattle, no money, no nothing, okay? So that's why it was set up like that. All right, so now um, this is the same Herod who orders all the babies killed when baby Jesus is born. And we're going to get to that um, later, all right? Now, his nickname was King of the Jews, but we all know that when Jesus was born, they called him King of the Jews. So now you know somebody paranoid and delusional like Herod, the minute he heard that, he was going to have a problem with it. Okay, so I want you guys to keep all this in your hat because we're tied, we're going to start tying stuff together. Herod was all about status and clout. All right, now, this is the same temple where we find, um, now, this is the same priest uh, who, let's give you a little background. Him and his wife were both descendants of Aaron, so you know what that means, okay? They can trace their tribe all the way back to Aaron, Moses' brother, okay? And Aaron is a high priest. All of Aaron's descendants are high priests, so that's, he is a, when you hear Zacharias, that's a high priest. Especially if you hear descendant of Aaron, you automatically know he is a high priest. He's not a Levite, He's a descendant of Aaron. There's a difference. Okay? All right. So now, one of the things that um, we find out about Aaron, I mean, uh, about uh, Zacharias and his wife Elizabeth, they have been wanting a child. They have been wanting a child more than anything. But like Sarah, Elizabeth was not able to bear children. Now, in the biblical times, Children were all that and a bag of Doritos. You were somebody if you were able to have a child, okay? All right, so him and his wife were long past childbearing age. It almost sounds like the story of Sarah and Abraham. They were long past childbearing age, no children, okay? She was too old, Okay, now. The spiritual um, leaders at the time were tied up in tradition and corruption. But Zechariah and his wife Elizabeth, they were different. They weren't like everybody else, okay? Um, Zechariah's name means Jehovah has remembered. That's a fitting name. Why? Because Jehovah is fit to show up, okay? God heard their, their, their cries and their prayers for a a child, okay, more than anything. And Elizabeth, Zacharias's, um wife, her name means God of my oath. God of my oath. Why? Because there's an oath coming up with their, okay, they were a godly couple who belonged to the priestly line of Aaron. We talked about that. Even though the lack of god was around them they were faithful to obey the word of god and live blameless they were not perfect but they followed god's commandments how many commandments 613 plus the written so there was the oral and the or the oral and the written law so there's two things going on so they're not perfect but they're walking uh they follow God's commandment and try to live blameless. Okay? So now, again, the priests were divided into 24 courses. Okay? Abia, if you look at it, A B I J A H slash Abia, A B I A, you will find that in Matthew. What happened to my screen? There we go. Matthew chapter one. If you go back and look into Matthew chapter one, I can show you it um, in scripture in the course, um, the course of um, Abia, because it's in um, the one. What he did was when Matthew went through the courses. I'm flipping through pages, you guys, so bear with me because I got um, sticky notes to hold my spot so I don't lose my spot. Was it 10? I'm trying to find the course because it talks about um, the different courses. I'll find it in a minute and I'll, I'll go back, but I know there was, 24 courses, okay? First Chronicles, chapter 24, verse 10. That's where you'll see the course of Abia, okay? And if you look here, and here it is, Luke chapter 1, verse 5, you'll see the order of Abia. So Abia, the A-B-I-J-A-H is in Luke chapter 1 verse 5. Abia, A-B-I-A, is in 1 Chronicles chapter 24 verse 10. That's what I was looking for. So them the same two uh, courts, okay, them the same two people, the same two groups. All right, so the priests were divided into 24 courses. Each priest served in the temple two weeks out of the year. Remember, we just we talked about that last week. Um, Numbers chapter 3 talks about how the Levites uh, were, and the Levites had no inheritance in the promised land but lived from the tithe of the gifts that the people brought to the Lord. That's who Malachi 3.10 is talking about. Okay, so Malachi chapter 3, verse 10, that's who they're talking about. All right, so now the gifts, uh, they lived off of the tithes of the gifts that the people brought to the Lord. Aaron, the brother of Moses, and his descendants were appointed to the priesthood, not just the priesthood, but the high priesthood. Only the high priest can go behind the veil on the Day of Atonement, one day of the year. Any other time they have to operate in front of the veil. All right? So I just wanted you to all get that. Now, all priests had to belong to the tribe of Levi, just like all the high priests had to be a descendant of Aaron. But now not all Levites were priests. Some assisted the priests, all right? So the Levites had to be 25 years old before entering uh service, okay? Then later, King David, you know, he... Uh, Lower the age to 20. That's in First Chronicles chapter 23, verses 24 and 25. All right. So, again, Elizabeth and Zacharias are praying for a baby. So, he went in. So, the scripture says, if we go back here, um, verse 7. They had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive, and they were both very old. So I'm back in Luke chapter 1. We're talking about Zechariah the priest and Elizabeth. And then it says, verse 8, one day Zechariah was serving God in the temple for his order was on duty that week. As was the custom of the priest, he was chosen by lot to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. We, we, we got that. While the incense was being burned, a great crowd stood outside praying to the right of the to the altar. Zachariah was shaken and overwhelmed. Uh, oh, and the angel of the Lord, I'm sorry, while Zachariah was in the sanctuary, verse 11, an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing to the right of the incense altar. So he was right there. Okay, the reason why he was afraid, most of the time, when an angel popped up, he, he wasn't necessarily bringing an announcement. He could have been bringing divine judgment. So he didn't know um, what was going on. All right? Remember, um, this was a high honor to, to do this instant thing because it was only permitted to a priest but once in a lifetime. How many of y'all know God don't make no is no coincidences in God? This was set up for that very reason. why? because all the way back in Malachi chapter four the the prophet told of a coming Messiah, but he also told that there was going to be a forerunner, there was going to be somebody coming to lead the way for the Messiah to turn the people's hearts back to God to prepare the people. For the Messiah. So there comes somebody first before Jesus came on the scene. So this is what's taking place now. God is setting everything up. So it was no coincidence that the lot fell to Zachariah. Zachariah and Elizabeth have no baby. They want a baby more than anything. All right? And this uh, job that he's doing right now, burning the incense, was permitted to a priest, but once in a lifetime. So if he didn't appear to him, he wasn't going back in there no more. He was done. He was done with his service, okay? The incense was offered daily before the morning sacrifice and the evening sacrifice. Remember, I talked to you last week about the sacrifices. We ain't going to talk about it. Um. Now, the evening sacrifice was about 3, 3 p.m. Remember, their days and times are different than ours, okay? So Zacharias was probably assigned to the evening, um, you know, the evening uh, lighting of the incense, all right? God was guiding the events to give Zacharias a birth announcement, all right? So it was Zacharias' turn to burn incense. Again, normally when the people saw the smoke of the incense coming out the temple, they started praying. Basically, what the smoke um, was for was, it basically drifted up towards heaven, symbolizing their prayers going up to God's throne. That's what the, the the smoke was, all right? Now, it says here, while the incense was being burned, a great crowd stood outside. Verse 11, when Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the incense altar. Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear uh, when he saw him. But the angel said, don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. So he heard him. He's letting them know, don't be afraid. God has heard your prayer. Your wife Elizabeth will give you a son, and you are to name him John. So not only is the angel there delivering a birth announcement, he's having the coveted son, which everybody wanted to have back in them days, and he's telling him what to name him, which is a big thing because not that many people were named before their birth. There's only a few. All right? He said, you will name him John. You will have great joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth for he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. Now, not only are you going to have a boy, here's what you're going to name him, and here's the rules on how to raise this boy. Why? Because he is leading the way for the coming Messiah. He is preparing the people's hearts to turn the people's hearts back to God. So he's getting setting things up for Jesus. So guess what? He can't just live any old kind of way. He can't be out there, um, you know, wives and, you know, baby mamas and in the club and multiple wives. No, it's not going down. So what he said is, he must never touch wine or alcoholic drinks. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth. And he will turn many Israelites to the Lord, their God. All right? So, he told him what the name was going to be, that it was going to be a boy. He, they're going to have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. He will be great in the eyes of the Lord. He must never touch wine or other alcoholic drink. Why? Because he is going to be living under what's called a Nazarite vow, okay? A Nazarite vow is what he's going to be um, living under. A Nazarite vow So basically a Nazarite vow Is in Numbers Chapter 6 Numbers Chapter 6 Verses 1 And the Lord spoke to Moses Saying speak to the people of Israel And say to them When either a man or a woman Makes a special vow So look at there A woman can be under a Nazarite vow as well the vow of a Nazarite, to separate himself to the Lord. He shall separate himself from wine and strong drinks. He shall drink no vinegar made from wine or strong drink, And he shall, excuse me, he shall not drink any juice of grapes or eat grapes, fresh or dry, all the days of his separation. He shall eat nothing that is produced by grapevine, not even the seeds or the skin. All the days of, of his vow of separation, no razor shall touch his head until the time is completed for which he separates himself to the to the Lord. He shall be holy. He shall let the locks of his hair grow long. All the days that he separates himself to the Lord, he shall not go near a dead body. You know that was one of the things Samson was not supposed to do and he and he did it anyway. He was disobedient, okay? So he is not, all right? So if you want to know what a Nazarite vow is, the Nazarite vow is in Numbers chapter 6, verses 1 through um, 6, all right? So he told him that he is going to be under a Nazarite vow and that what he's going to name, the, the name, okay? So the name John is God is Gracious. Believe it or not, that's what that means. All right. God is gracious. All right. So what I liked about it is when the scripture talks about Elizabeth and Zechariah, they wasn't just going through the motions in their service to God. All right. What they did was they backed up their outward compliance with inward obedience. All right, so unlike the righteous leaders um, that Jesus called hypocrites later on that we're going to see, Zechariah and Elizabeth did not stop at the letter of the law. Their obedience was also from the heart, all right? And that's why they are called righteous in God's eyes, all right? So we're going to wrap it up this week. And next week we're going to keep on going because we're going to go a little bit more into the Nazarite bell. I couldn't get into it tonight because um, I ran out of time. But God bless you guys. Keep you. And thank you, everybody. Uh, I'm glad everybody turned out. Next week we're going to do a quick review and we're going to keep on going um, with None other than John the Baptist, because that's who we're talking about if you haven't figured it out by now. All right, so next week we're going to continue on with John the Baptist. All right, everybody, thank you so much and good night.